Can I just start off with an apology to my wife? Because I said when Georgia, my second daughter, was born, that it took about one and a half hours in labour, when in fact it took about seven hours. <laughs> she, she heard the podcast and said, God, you, you got rose-tinted glasses, haven't you? <laughs> On a similar note, I'd like to apologise to my wife, Rachel, for telling the world that while she was in labour, she weed on my feet. There we go. (laughs) That's done. Let's move on with the show. Hello and welcome to episode five of the Dadcast, the show for you if you're a dad, the show for you if you're going to be a dad, and the show for you if you're on the end of a really good April Fool's joke where your girlfriend said she was pregnant and yet nearly a month later she still hasn't admitted it was a prank. On the show today we will be talking nappies. The good ones, the bad ones, and yes, the ugly ones. Also, we'll be chatting about how much babies actually cost, how much Alex knows about sleep, and how Jamie Oliver has a chance to redeem himself. So, don't go anywhere. Unless your baby cries, in which case, yeah, you should probably go and check on it. You are listening to the Perky and Man Dadcast. So this is episode five of the Dadcast, and the big thing that's happened since our last show is Richard has become an old man. Happy birthday, Rich. Thank you very much, Alex. Thank you very much. You were missed at the party. You were missed. I know. It was such a shame. We were planning on coming up, but um, didn't get back home till too late for me to then get up to Bedford. But how was the party? Party was very good, yeah. Really good chance to catch up with, with friends and uh, and have a, have a great time. Really good. And the funny thing is the next day we had a, a sort of a family fair over at my parents and had a barbecue. So we had my daughters and we had my uh, niece as well, Amelia. And so three girls all under the age of four. And it's funny because obviously when you've got one child and they have a toy, it's just their toy. Obviously, when you have two, it becomes blurred sort of lines between whose toy is whose. And obviously, with three of them, suddenly one toy became the focal point of all three of them. So, you know, one of them had a building block or whatever, and then all of them wanted it. And there were some balloons, and they all wanted the balloons at all the time. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there wasn't even any sense in one of them having one and one of them having another. And they all had to have all the balloons. And then bubbles, you know, they were fascinated by bubbles in the garden for about... 30 minutes just in fact i was quite fascinated as well so it's good <laughs> it was always phoebe the older one that was kind of finding the toys and the others coming to try to take them off of her or was it the other way around was it the younger one would find a toy and then phoebe wanted it do you know it was a bit of a mixture was it but obviously yeah i mean obviously phoebe would sort of snatch it out sometimes and we sort of said t- you can't do that and then when the others did it just because they're a few years younger, you still explain it to them, but obviously they don't—they're not going to understand it quite as much. So then Phoebe's got to sort of wrestle with the idea that that she's getting told what to do, but she does understand. Whereas the others will get told and they don't understand. So you're constantly saying, "You know, you're a big girl and you know better, and you know, you know." Which sort of, I guess it sort of puts a pressure on the older ones. Really, it's just funny how everything becomes really important for for all of a minute. And then something else becomes important. Was it's it difficult great. for you? I mean, not, not difficult for you because you're, you're a grown-up and you can kind of rationalise it. But, you know, if you're given a present and you go to open it, your kids are of that age where they're kind of going, wrapping paper, that's, that's my job. I, I open the presents and stuff. Were they kind of taking your gifts and, um, and, and, and opening themselves? Yeah, Phoebe wants to open everything, you know. And all she'll say, is that my present? No, no, it's actually mine. <laughs> You've already had a present. Yeah, but it's a it's another one for me. Can I open it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> open it. 
you know, children see, well, certainly mine's, or certainly Phoebe likes to open presents and then, then open another one. You know, in a way, the thrill is opening of the present. Um, I think it's uh, certainly at that age. Yeah, yeah. You've got to do um, a payback when it's her birthday. <laughs> kind of going, no, I'm opening this present, Phoebe. <laughs> or just give her a load of presents which don't have anything in it. Just like a, lo- a load of cardboard boxes with nothing in it. But she opens it. <gasps> what is it? Well, it's nothing, Phoebe, but you, but you enjoyed opening it, didn't you? Here's another one. <laughs> have, have you ever done that? Because I've, I've heard lots of stories of parents just knowing that their kids don't need toys, don't particularly want toys, but just like opening things and the empty boxes, like playing with the boxes. Have you ever sort of like given your kids, when they were younger maybe, just like empty gifts? Do you know what? I haven't, but it's a really good idea because, and, and not in a mean way, but because, as I said, they, that thrill of just opening it. In fact, you could probably put some sort of odds and ends in there, just sort of, I don't know, cardboard rolls, cardboard tubes and things, things that actually kids like to play with anyway. The thing is, you think about it, there's just so much plastic stuff out there and so much, you know, we've bought things with Phoebe in the past, which she's really wanted, and then she just doesn't play with again. And you just accumulate yeah. loads of stuff, which is, to be quite honest, is offensive, the amount of stuff that we actually get. I'm trying to get rid of things. I want, you know, I'd quite like to get rid of half the girls' stuff. Not because I'm being mean, but because, you know, we don't spoil them, but they, they just, it, you can't help but just accumulate stuff. You know, you don't realise yeah. it. I suppose it's often other people as well. Like, um, if you're having a, a birthday for them and other people come round, they would be upset if you'd given the kids nothing presents. You know what I mean? If you were by yourself, it'd be completely fine. But if other people came round, they'd be turning their nose up going, oh, bad parent, they haven't bought the latest gadget and the latest game and the latest thing. And, and, and obviously, even if you say to other people, like, don't bring anything, don't buy anything because we don't need anything, it, they kind of want to anyway. And it's difficult to... Uh, it's kind of almost offensive to tell people not to buy presents for your kids isn't it no i agree and and you don't a you don't want your child to sort of miss out and you don't want to look mean as well i mean i guess when they get a bit older there's that pressure to have certain things certain clothes certain named stuff that you know comes with being a child and then a teenager a good friend of mine um martha her and tony um they buy they've got a lot of grandchildren and and great-grandchildren and they buy them unbirthday presents if they're if yeah. they're siblings that are close together, and it comes from right. the, it comes from Alice in Wonderland, but it comes from the, the Disney version, so not the actual, not the Lewis Carroll version, but the idea that you get an unbirthday present when it isn't your birthday. So, you know, if if they're, they're two uh, grandchildren uh, um, in close in age, that the other one doesn't miss out. So I guess it's that. So actually, we bought Phoebe an unbirthday present when it was George's birthday. It gets ridiculous, though, doesn't it? But quite quite a good idea in a way to keep the peace. It is a good idea. <laughs> we kind of had that at, at Christmas. We'd um, sort of done a rule to sort of like go between family, like a limit on how much you can spend. And so some of Rachel's family came round on, um, on on Christmas Eve and gave Matilda some presents. And it was like, this is definitely kind of above the, the ten pound. I go, no, no, these, these are Christmas <sighs> Eve presents. <laughs> this is allowed. <laughs> they on. got around it. <laughs> Actually, yeah, you had yeah. a fantastic present, you, which is great. I was going to mention this, you, the Piccadilly. Piccadilly, sorry, I said Piccadilly. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, because we call her Tilly, so we thought Piccadilly will make it, or she'll make it, obviously not, not us. It's one of those things, it's like <laughs> pun first and then present second. <laughs> that, that, that gift is like 50% Piccadilly and 50% good pun, I think. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's, uh, 
very good. Um, speaking of speaking of Tilly, we've had a bit of a, a breakthrough this uh, this last week. When we when we spoke, when we lasted our podcast about three weeks ago or so. She was she was not sleeping all that well. She was kind of waking up lots. She'd go back to sleep again, but she'd just kind of constantly uh, be getting up. And what I struggled to do, I got a book about sleep, and I was struggling to read it because. I was really tired all the time because she was up all night. Um, <laughs> but but I, but I read this book and, and actually just after I, I finished reading this book, Rachel came across something. I don't know if you've ever done this called Controlled Crying. We've tried it. Yeah. Well, actually, that's a lie. I think I've tried it. Um, I don't think Soph particularly wanted to do it. But remind me. Well, a lot of people say it's something that guys are happier doing than the mums. Yeah, Because definitely. basically, this is this is the kind of, in a nutshell, what you have to do. When you put your baby to bed, you don't rock them to sleep. You just put them in the bed and you say, good night, see you in the morning, and you walk away. Now, invariably, uh, if your kid is anything like ours, they will cry. And what you have to do is you have to leave it for five minutes. You set a timer and you leave it for five minutes and you don't go back in there. And then after five minutes, you go back in, maybe put the dummy back in if you've got a dummy. And you say, no, no, it's time for going to sleep. So good night. And then you step outside and then you set an alarm for 10 minutes. And you do the same again. And the final time you do it for 15 minutes. Now, the first time we tried it, the first day we tried it, we she fell asleep halfway through like the 10 minute bit. And then after a couple of days, she was falling asleep during the five minute bit and she's slept so much better. It's been amazing. Now, if she wakes up in the night or if you, when you're downstairs, if she wakes up, instead of rushing to her like we used to, we leave it for two minutes. You leave it for two minutes before going to, to sort of like settle her. And what's been great about that is that a lot of the time she will wake up and she'll have a cry because she's woken up. But because we leave it for two minutes, she falls back asleep before we even get round to going up and, and seeing her. And it's it's been absolutely brilliant. It's really tough because it doesn't feel right letting your baby cry, but it gets so much easier and, and they sleep so much better. It's, it's wonderful. I, th- I, I actually think it's something we should do because um, the last three, four weeks, it's like having two newborns again. There's, uh, there's one of them up at, at least every night. And if one of them starts crying, I mean, Phoebe seems to be having some nightmares. And as soon as she starts sort of screaming out at night, still being asleep, then then Georgia wakes. And then it's downstairs with Georgia for maybe sort of two hours at a time, just trying to get her back to sleep. Oh, no. Which it, it's, um, and it is like having two newborns again. It's just, it's doing our heads in. <laughs> I don't know what age you're allowed to start doing that, because obviously you don't want to give the baby a complex for doing it too young. But um, but that seemed to work. I, I suppose it's difficult when you've got two kids living in the same room because yeah. they're all kind of on different cycles and they're all up and down and it's uh, it's a tricky one. But I think what we found out with this is is, um, is consistency is a good thing. Like whatever you go for, um, do it consistently. Because once a kid gets to it, I was reading somewhere, I think it's about nine months, seven to nine months. Once they get to that age, then they can start manipulating you. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll cry because they want a cuddle or they just want attention or they want so so it's it's that consistency of kind of like letting them know that when they're in bed you're not going to do what they want they're going to sleep and in the morning it's going to be fine but, yeah um, i mean jo- georgia may be a bit too old for it but i think it's a good idea i think you know i think it's whatever works for for sort of individuals and the fact that you guys have uh, latched onto that and it works great fantastic touch wood i'm sure it will all change again that's babies too 
they it, things work for a little while don't they and then it all just goes completely um back to front and uh <laughs> As soon as you've got the rules in place and as soon as you've, you, it's working, you're right, something comes and changes it all again. But <laughs> yeah. that's a part and parcel of it. It's almost part of the fun. Ha-ha. <laughs> it is. Part of, the, part of the games. All fun and games. Now, um, because on the Dadcast we do like to give the occasional bit of practical advice, I wrote down some of the key facts from that sleep book that I was reading. And, and I've, got, I've got 12 facts. Now, I don't want to sort of just say these 12 facts because it will go on for a long time so what we've decided to do is i'm going to do them very very quickly if you want to really listen to these 12 bits of you know useful advice then you might want to slow down your podcast or stop and start listening one by one so we just do them like in the next 30 seconds here we go Babies have short sleep cycles of up to an hour. Unlike grown-ups, when they wake up between these cycles, they notice and struggle to fall back asleep. Going from light to dark is crucial for helping to set a baby's body clock. The best time to start a bedtime routine is around six weeks. It's not until somewhere between seven and nine months that a baby realises it can cry for attention. Before then, it's important to respond when it cries. If you need more sleep, have a nap, but make sure it's for at least 90 minutes. Otherwise, you won't have a full sleep cycle. To check a baby's temperature at night, put two fingers on their chest under their pyjamas. If you need a nightlight for feeds, use a red bowl. The brain doesn't see this as daylight. Ease the transition from Moses basket to cot by first putting the Moses basket in the cot. If your baby is rubbing their eyes, pulling at their ears, gazing into the distance or becoming agitated, they're probably tired. Ideally, put the baby down when they are tired, but not yet asleep. This way, they'll learn to self-soothe. Your baby will have growth spurts at three weeks, eight weeks, three months, six months, and nine months. During this time, they may struggle to sleep, but don't worry, it will pass. When your baby is teething, there's not much you can do. It's pretty rubbish. Actually, it's hell. Your baby may be at risk if you follow any advice given by Perky or Man. Okay, so the hot topic this week is the lowdown on nappies. So, Alex... Tell me a little bit about nappies. We went through quite a few different kinds of nappies before we found ones that seemed to work for us. We had this problem that we'd have them on and it'd be completely fine and then she'd have the smallest poo and it would go straight up her back, um, code brown, outfit change, <laughs> all of that. It was just crazy and it was, it was like we'd, we'd, we'd try to put them on really tight but it would still just happen. It wouldn't take anything. And we also struggled with the weights of them because they've always got these like recommended uh, weights on the backs of the packs of nappies. And we try to go by that, but it would never really work. Um, there'd be some that said like six to 12 pounds and they only really sort of worked when she was like 14 pounds or 15 pounds. You know, it, it never seemed to really work for us. What about you guys? How did you find nappies to begin with? You, did you go for, um, you went for reusable ones, didn't you? Yeah, we went we went through about three brands, and um, they've been fine. I mean, obviously the 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 good thing is that you can reuse them, and uh, so less wastage, you know, better for the environment. On the other sort of flip side, you, you're washing them, so you're using more washing powder, using more, you know. So in the other way, it's it's not as good for the environment, which is a bit of an odd one. I think we with Phoebe, we we used a lot of them. With Georgia, to be honest, we've just stopped doing it because we were fed up of washing pooey nappies. And they're constantly being a sort of urine smell in the bedroom, oh. even though it's in some sort of sealed pot. And we forgot about it. We forgot about it for about um, a couple of weeks. Uh, <laughs> and here we opened it and unleashed sort of wee hell. It was just, they'd oh. all gone a bit fusty, really bad. So, Do you have to um, like, scrape yeah, I, out we, the solid stuff? I mean, I don't know how that even would work. Do you have to just like scrape oh. it out into the bin? Like, how does, how do you do Well, it? yeah. Yeah, you just... T- I like it. How do you do it? No, just, what is it? The, it? Like, when, when, when we had Matilda, it was like, for, just, for a fraction of a second, there was a discussion about, do we have disposable ones or reusable ones? But it was like, I, I just didn't understand how reusable ones would ever be a practical way of doing things. I just never got it. No. Essentially, you just scrape off the poo and then you put it in this 
bucket thing and then when you've got a load of them you put them in the uh in the washing machine and put it on a sort of a boil wash with some special powder and it all comes out smelling of roses it's but 2016 it, is, richard we can't be doing that <laughs> well i know but we did it because it, it was sort of a sort of a bit of an initiative and push to, to sort of go greener and we thought we were doing something for for the environment and we, we probably are or were but at the same time you think ah oh, just get a just get one that you can chuck away i mean i don't know about you but we've found that the the actual the cheaper brands have worked really well yeah we um we, we the aldi ones we we thought were quite good yeah yeah we've aldi ones are good for us oh, i mean really? they're, they're by far the cheapest yeah it's the aldi ones hey i'd by say far that's the a cheapest. dadcast uk recommendation right there <laughs> dadcast uk recommend <laughs> aldi nappies and we're proud to say it the thing is we we um we don't live that close to an aldi so every now and again we make the trip in fact we're going to make the trip this afternoon because our cat has become very picky about food and actually only eats aldi food as well so we're going to go and stock up <laughs> on nappies and cat food um and so we use um tesco's ones for for a day-to-day basis and you know we, we did try some pampers and it just seemed not necessary really they didn't seem to be doing any better than the sort of like own brand ones the one thing that we we have done recently which has made a big difference is um we'd always we'd always wake up in the morning and matilda would have a very wet nappy and it'd be all up a baby grow and all that kind of stuff and so what we've done is we've got different nappies for nighttime that we use in the daytime so we use particular kind of like you know dry ultra uber dry ones uh, at night time and that seems to have kind of solved the problem every now and again we get a, a, a wet one at night but that seems to have solved the problem and, and we didn't think we just thought we well, have to have the one type of nappy to use day and night but it does seem to make a big difference for us yeah it's yeah I, to be honest i can't wait until we get out of them <laughs> <laughs> i'm getting i'm getting fed up of wiping bums Talking nappies, talking crap. The Perky and Man Dadcast. Every so often, we think that one of the girls has been upgraded. <laughs> yeah, upgraded. <laughs> so what happens is they maybe have a really long sleep. Maybe they've been a bit funny beforehand, you know, been a bit irritable. Then they have a really long sleep. And then when they wake up, they seem different. There's something... They look slightly different. There's something in their eyes, something in their mentality, some some a different sort of more energy. And we say that they've had an upgrade. Georgia had an upgrade two days ago. Wow. She had a really long sleep. And when she woke up, Sophie said, she's been upgraded. And we said, George, have you been upgraded? And she went, yeah. I wonder if other people have this. Because it makes sense, doesn't it, that it, you have leaps yeah, in, it, your, in your mental state, in your physical state. You know, it's, it, it makes sense. Surely this happens to all children. I think there is science behind that, actually, because they say that babies develop overnight when they're sleeping. And so if they've had a really good sleep, they must have a big, a big leap. Um, I think that's I mean, I've never noticed it as an upgrade as such. But um, with Matilda, when when she's had a good sleep, you can sort of notice like her face looks slightly different or her abilities are slightly improved. But I like that. I like the sound of that. She's been upgraded. That's really good. Well, exactly. You know, obviously, we were talking about the Wonder Years app um, a yeah. few weeks ago, or a few months ago. We should develop the, you know, an upgrade app. The upgrade. Oh, I suppose it's a, it's a similar kind of thing, really. But if there's anyone out there who can tell us of sort of any notable upgrades, um, and when it happens to you as well, Alex, uh, let us know. And please let us know via Alex. <laughs> I thought you were going to come to me at Dadcast UK on Twitter, um, Facebook.com forward slash Dadcast UK, or by going to dadcastuk at gmail.com Make us part of your routine by subscribing to the Dadcast on iTunes.
Now, a few weeks ago, LV did a study into how much babies cost, and they worked out how much a baby will cost a family over the first twenty-one years of life. Now, can you even hazard a guess, Richard, about how much a baby costs over twenty-one years? I have no idea. Do I want to know? I, I don't think you do. I'll give you the figure. It <laughs> says, according to this study, over twenty-one years, a baby costs. Two hundred and thirty-one thousand eight hundred and forty-three pounds. Oh my! That is unbelievable. It says in the first twelve months of a baby's life, parents will have a lower income because of leave, so that's factored in. And also, from one until four, they're at their most expensive when childcare costs an average of sixty-three thousand pounds. Now, I've got a list of things that are kind of. The equivalent of having a baby, right? And for that first twenty-one years, yeah. And you have to tell me if, if any of these things you would maybe rather have <laughs> than one of your babies. Right? <laughs> the, yeah. av- the average price of a semi-detached house is two hundred and nineteen thousand two hundred fifty-five pounds. So you could have a semi-detached house bought outright and still have ten grand left over. Does that sound? All right, I'm tempted on that one. You're tempted. I'm tempted. <laughs> Get rid of the mortgage. Yeah. There's a there's a new McLaren sports car. Only fifty of them are going to be made, and it costs only twenty thousand pounds more than a baby costs. Okay. Well, I, I think I know you would be interested in that because you're very much a, a racing driver, Formula One fan. Um, I'm, I'm not as tempted. It, it could be it could be a good investment for the future. But not yeah. at the moment. No, not that. Not that one. Now, this one. This one might uh, pique your interest. Nine and a half pints of beer in the average UK pub for twenty-one years. Nine and a half pints <laughs> a night. Nine and a half pints a night. <laughs> well, you <laughs> depending on what you're drinking, uh, and that. Well, you probably wouldn't survive that long, would you? Really, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that is tempting in a, on a very, very different level, but not that practical. <laughs> Still not practical. <laughs> Another thing that's quite similar: um, one and a half million bags of Watsits. No, I won't, I won't go for that. No, I don't. I don't like Watsits. No. <laughs> if you don't want to go to your average UK pub, but want to go to another establishment, this is something you could do. You could go to Stringfellows, pay the entrance, and have one nude dance every night. I think it is for fifteen years. <laughs> Who thinks this up? <laughs> That's just bizarre, isn't it? The, the sad thing is, Richard, these are, these are things that I thought up. These weren't on the official report. They just had to figure. I've, I've, I've thought these things up. You could also have 34,500 trips to the cinema at current prices, or one. this one might be one that will tempt you. 203 VIP hospitality tickets to see the Rolling Stones last time they toured. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I would do that. Well, <laughs> yeah. I probably wouldn't need that amount, would I? I don't. I'd only really need it once. <laughs> but I could sell the others and make some good money at a little profit. And then, that's a good idea. Yeah. What you want to do is you want to be able to to make the profit, then have children. That's quite an eye opener, though. I it's, mean, the house is a is a big one, isn't it? Because essentially, you could, you know, if you don't have children, you could sort of put the money away, yeah, and essentially have a lot of property depending on how many children you might have had. <laughs> it's all very odd, but but there is some logic there somewhere. That's quite shocking. I mean, yeah, there's a lot. They're expensive um, commodities, aren't they? <laughs> They're expensive commodities, but they fill our hearts 
with more oh, our than hearts. our wallets could cope with. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that, I don't know. <laughs> baby talk, but not baby talk, with Perky and Man. We've got a couple of things uh, before we go. I wanted to catch up on a little Daddy Cool or Daddy Fool. We did this a few weeks back and it was um, things that dads have done and you have to work out if they're Daddy Cool or Daddy Fool. I've got three. Are you ready for these, Rich? I'm ready. I'm okay. ready, yeah. Here is number one. <clears throat> a man called Simon Morgan, he took his son out of school for a holiday to Dubai and was sent this text from the school. It said, James Morgan was absent from AM registration. Please, can you text a reply with the reason for his absence? Thanks, Stanwell School. So Simon replied with a photo of his son in front of the Burj Al Arab. <laughs> it's good. I don't know if that's cool uh, or not. I can't tell if that's a cool thing uh, or if it's... Uh, in, <sighs> I don't know. I think knowing I think knowing that you shouldn't do that and there's a rule for everyone, it's, 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 probably, it's probably daddy fool. I think it's uh, it on a, on a, uh, I think yeah, essentially, yeah, yeah. I think if you if you did do that, if you had a really good reason for taking your kid out of school um, during term time, I think you've got to uh, play a bit more humble rather than just kind of <laughs> doing a photo like that. It's a bit arrogant, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. Okay, how about number two then? Joe Heenan. He posted a photograph on Twitter a few weeks back of his two kids looking glum. Because he'd given them an iPad, but when they opened the box, there was nothing in there, just the words April Fool. Ha ha. <laughs> These poor kids look gutted. <laughs> I... <laughs> is that cool? Is that is that nasty to the kids or is that teaching them a valuable it... lesson? <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's it's quite nasty. It's quite cool as well. I, I don't know. That's, a, that's sort of. I'm going to sit. I'm going to sit on the fence. It's probably quite nasty, though. But but funny. Funny for everyone else, but maybe not for the kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then and this one uh, now, Jamie Oliver. We decided a few weeks back was uh, Daddy Fall for calling his kids Daisy Boo Pamela, Petal Blossom Rainbow, <laughs> Poppy Honey Rosie, and Buddy Bear Maurice. <laughs> Um, but just want to say congratulations, Jamie Oliver, because they are going to have another baby. He's got a chance to redeem himself and give his child a proper name. Trevor. Trevor Oliver. <laughs> you know, no one would expect that. Trevor Oliver or Bob or Bernard. In a way, it would be the most ridiculous one, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. Yeah, yeah. You've got a name Bernard. Well, so actually, to be fair, you, you're not going to have many Bernard, baby baby Bernards these days, are you? Oh, li- little baby. What, oh, what's his name? Bernard. Bernard. Oh, baby Bernard. <laughs> and hello to everyone out there who's just called their newborn son Bernard. <laughs> what a great name. It's a trendsetter. <laughs> it is a trendsetter. Um, have you got a QI fact for us before we go? Indeed, I have. QI fact of episode five. A one-year-old baby is 30% fat. Wow. Wow. Yeah. 30% fat. I'm trying to think. I should have looked at this before, but what's full-fat milk? I always thought it was like 8% or something. So it's, they're, they're more fat than full-fat milk. Probably even more fat than double cream. Yeah. I guess it's always in the, I don't know, it's in the bum, belly. A lot of it is kept in those little folds around the wrists and the ankles. I'm surprised by that figure because uh, there's been a lot of babies that I've seen on Facebook lately that look, you know, 60, 70, 80% fat. 
<laughs> so that is it for the dad cast this week if you would like to get in contact we would love to hear your stories your anecdotes your questions your little tidbits of nuggets of information um just go to twitter at dadcast uk go to facebook facebook.com forward slash dadcast uk or email us dadcast uk at gmail.com richard have an absolutely splendid couple of weeks Thank you, you too, Alex, and we'll catch up soon. Thank you very much. Awesome. Bye-bye for now. Bye. Subscribe to the Perkin Man Dadcast on iTunes and get more of this sort of informed discussion whenever they get round to recording the next one. Get in contact by emailing dadcastuk at gmail.com, by tweeting at dadcastuk, or by visiting facebook.com forward slash dadcastuk.